Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Marty. And this is Two Guys, A League, and Some Guests. Let's get it started. Crystal clear. That's too bad. I said a lot of things. <laughs> Damn it! I hate I'm missing not, out. I'm not going FOMO, over. Baby. It. I FOMO. I gave I gave away the enti- I gave away the entire trade, so it's all there, but it's recorded and you never heard it. So you'll have to wait for the show to come out to find out. <laughs> no. No, you, you didn't. You didn't say the trade. You're lying. No, I didn't. Not at all. Not even. You're lying. No. I, of course, I, I I'm can't lying. believe you. Yeah. Um, will you? Oh, geez. Okay. You know what? I'm just not going to ask any questions because I wouldn't want to answer them if you were asking them. So, there you go. It's it's an it's it'll be an interesting week. It'll be an interesting show. That's for sure. Um, but uh, okay, we're okay. good. We can move on past folks. This. Episode eleven. <laughs> oh, Around the boards. Check my fanny beauties and the beast coming at you. Hardcore mm-hmm. or softcore, whatever, whatever you prefer. Whatever you're into, it's fine. But we're going to start this week. And, and and again, thanks, folks, for listening. Wherever you find your podcast, we appreciate it. <clears throat> we yes. see you. India, Sweden, I think we mentioned as well. Sweden, yeah. We see you. Yeah. We do. We, we appreciate just can't it. Get, we love it. We just can't get there right now. No, not right now. So you know what? Know. We're going to start We're going to start it off um, with our usual, uh, our usual segment around the boards. And one... Okay, <laughs> let's just get right down to it. Shesterkin, <laughs> Sorokin. I own yeah. them. I own them both. So, a the All Star teams have started to spill out. Uh, the league has started announcing. Uh, I think it's the first eight for each uh, each division. Um, right. Don't quote me on any of this stuff. But either way, uh, the second guessing has already begun. Obviously, as soon as the yeah. first uh, grouping comes out, and a lot of people are really feeling like Sorokin kind of got robbed here. Um, and it looks like it anyways. By, and if and if we're going strictly by numbers, he did. He got robbed. Yeah. Now yeah. I'm not sure how all this works. Um, obviously, there's not just going to be one goalie. I think there's two goalies going for every every club. If, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I could be wrong on that. Especially with I'll the way keep, the league changes keep... this kind of thing almost on a yearly <laughs> basis. But um, but suffice it to say, uh, even I checked into it quite quite closely. Two. Obviously, I own both goalies, and. Yes, Sorokin, I think, is getting robbed a little bit here. But you know what? At the end of the day, it's it's just a fun weekend. I personally enjoy the weekend quite a bit. Uh, a lot of personality is able to come out from these players, which we don't. We are seeing more of, but we still don't. It's not like other leagues. It's not like the NBA. Um, you know, s- some of the other major leagues. Uh, but it's nice to see. I enjoy it. I'll definitely be tuning in. We know Torts will not be. <laughs> so surprise fucking surprise yeah seriously uh, so, so yeah i mean uh in, i'm sure that i'll have some second guessing as well once i really take a good look at everything uh you know top to bottom and when all the teams have been announced not just the front eight or whatever the case may be but yeah. uh yeah um i know you got a little bit to say about it too there Marty. so uh <laughs> take it away my man well, you know, I, honestly, it's good that you like it. Somebody's got to like it, right? So, and that's completely fine. And I honestly do. There, there is definitely a side of me that understands the appeal to it, um, but to a degree, um, I honestly feel that the entire weekend's kind of played. Um, and but before I get too negative, I'll, I'll say this much again: the All Star Weekend is meant to me uh, for families and kids. I think 
in that regard, the angel actually does a really good job of keeping them entertained and making it look good. So you make a good point in saying that it's nice to see the players' characters come out, something you just don't normally see. Although you're right, you are seeing it more now than ever before. But the fact that they do really center around families and try to make it a whole family event and bring the kids out and that kind of thing, it's nice. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, it is ridiculously expensive, I'm sure. Uh, I've never bothered looking into it because a regular hockey ticket is pretty expensive. I can assume an all-star game, weekend pass, whatever it is, the whole thing, very expensive. So again, it's frustrating because I think it's geared towards family, but it'll only be select few fa- families that actually get to enjoy it because, it, again, it's so expensive. But all that aside, I think for the serious fan, there isn't much to grab a hold of here, Like especially when you consider... The way in which they pick the players, like the rule that one player from every team has to be there means there's no chance of having the actual best of the best show up. Um, And as we all know, some of the best of the best actually choose to skip it, take the suspension anyways, uh, and move on because it's just not worth it. Uh, Right or wrong, uh, that move on its own is, uh, that's debatable. And uh, my personal opinion with it is I think it's fine. Uh, If the club feels that Ovechkin, as an example, doesn't want to go there and it'll take the suspension. I think it's one game suspension. Um, so be it. Uh, it's, it's honestly better that way for him to waste his time at the all-star game or the all-star be he's done it before. It's fine. Doesn't need to do it again. Um, I guess there's an argument there. Like are, are, is he not taking it away from the, from the kids in a sense? Um, no, I think it's his life. I think he, if he wants to take the suspension, take the pay cut, whatever, and stay home and miss it all together, it's completely fine. Like I, I'll, I will most likely tune in and catch the, some of the skills competitions, but the game itself, absolutely not. It's a complete waste of time. But, um, I, I just, it's been a long time since I haven't given a shit at all about this weekend, this all-star weekend. There are very few all-star weekends that I care about anymore. Cause I find again, the whole thing is played, but for whatever reason, particularly the NHL one, I just don't have it any interest whatsoever <laughs> I mean, that, and that's all right man like and don't get me wrong i mean in all on if it's there so i'll enjoy it right i, mean, I can appreciate I, that for sure and when i when i like i could do without it like if they got rid of that yeah. and did something else or you know altogether, whatever the whatever that would be i yeah. mean i i'm more than fine with that as well like I, I i'd love for them to just kind of keep going with the regular hockey that'd be that'd be perfect but I understand where they want to kind of showcase what they got, oh, what yeah. they don't have. They, but yeah, for sure. But yes, the one thing that I will agree with you 100%, they do need to lose the every team representation. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and sorry to pick on the on the Arizona Coyotes. I mean, you got Keller, you got Schmaltz, you got some you got some stuff out there. I'll use them yeah. as an example, just as an overall. But I mean, like if Arizona, you don't have anybody going, sorry. That's just the way it goes. Oh, what's yeah. that? There's three three going from Tampa Bay. Okay, cool. Oh, two of them are going from the Leafs. Oh, okay, fine. Oh, what? There's a, there's a line going from Boston. Okay. Like, you know you what? Know, actually, you just gave me a really interesting thought. I think one of the, the benefits of getting rid of the um, one from every team concept. Um, so what happens there? Let's say you get rid of that. Then your team doesn't get a, a player that's represented at the all-star well then the fans catch wind of that and like well okay there's yeah our team stinks we're not seeing anybody there's nobody worthy of going <coughs> so now the team the, the fan base is involved in a different way now they're angry that they have nobody on their team 
So next year it's like, all right, let's let's see what, what what's management going to do. What are they going? Are they going to go out and get anybody? Okay, so they haven't got anybody. Just two years in a row now, we haven't gotten anybody at the All Star game. Hey, like, what's going on now? As a fan base, you're engaged. Like right now, that's what they're trying to do is get the fan base engaged and trying to get them to vote. That's what the big deal is, and that's part of the problem too. But you can do it this way where you get rid of that ridiculous rule. You got now you got the fans involved in the sense of like putting pressure on the owners to actually do something with their team rather than year after year miss out on the All Star game with no representation. So it's kind of an interesting concept like that. I don't know why, but you just it, it, you sparked that in my mind where that's a that's a good perspective to look at if you got rid of the rule. There, in in my eyes, like listen, great, it's fun weekend, great weekend, whatever. They do still need to kind of fine tune it a little bit, I think, to to really make it what it could be. Because I'm sorry, like I mean, listen, would you rather see a guy like a Nick Schmaltz, or would you rather see you know? potentially three of the Boston Bruins, Bergeron, Marchand, and uh, Pasternak. Like, I mean, yeah, it, obviously, it, you know, it, it is, it is pretty obvious. So I do think they need to change that. That, that definitely is something that they need to change. I believe we both spoke on that last year too, when we talked about the all-star game, as a matter of fact, I might have to go back. I better be careful because I don't want to, I better make sure that I didn't say last year, this thing sucks. <laughs> so we'll go back. We'll go back and Too check late. that out and make sure. No, nah, well, hey, putting it in the show. Hey, <laughs> one we, way or another. We can always cut it out. Can always be cut out. Can always be cut out. <laughs> yes, it could be. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, it, it is what it is. It, you know, you're, I, I don't think there's much middle ground when it comes to the All-Star game. I think you do either love it or you do hate it. Well, hate it. Strong word, but you know what I mean? Could yeah. Without it, dislike yeah. it, whatever. But it is what it is. Now, <laughs> speaking, that that's a relaxing weekend. Speaking yeah. of not relaxing, bud. So for those who don't know, or for our listeners who are just tuning in, we are both uh, Canadians. We are fans of Team Canada, obviously. A little bit. Not, not talking about the Montreal Canadiens. I'm talking about Canadians. Canadians. We are Canadians, both Marty and I, coming, coming, coming to you from Cornwall, Ontario. Yeah, baby. Through Ottawa, Represent. Ontario these days. Yeah. You got that Surprising. right, buddy. So... The, the deal of this is, is that, and I know, Marty, you're going to talk about taking a little bit of heat here for not watching the game right away. Yeah. We'll get to that. But again, for those folks who don't know, we are huge Team Canada fans, obviously. Everybody knows that we went through a little bit of a, uh, well, there were some tense moments, Couple. let's say. It was, it was um, yeah. Yeah. I.e. I. having to win the gold medal in overtime. So, listen. We did it. We got it taken care of. I'll say it again. I was on an overall with in regards, and I should specify in regards to the hype that was behind this team before the tournament, little bit of a letdown. Yeah. And I know that sounds ri ridiculous when we just won the gold medal. But I mean, when you start talking about this matching a 2003 team and then this plays out the way it did over the past week and a half to two weeks. Yeah. Uh, somebody, somebody needs to look in the mirror. We were, <laughs> we were a little off, bud. Just a smidge. Yeah. And, and that's fine. You, you get years like that. Um, it, you know what, what it is really is perhaps maybe more of a, um, magnifying glass on the rest of the world and where their hockey sits at now. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Like it, it's really good to see that there's a lot of competitiveness. There's a lot of good teams. You're not, you know, Canada's just not going to be able to walk in and win a gold medal or face against Russia or the U.S. And, and that's what to expect from this tournament. 
you're going to have to go through some other teams, some very good teams, Sweden, Finland, Czechia, um, who this was their first medal uh, and a silver one at that. Like, that's fantastic. This is a very good team. They absolutely, Canada, what's funny about that game is like Canada, I don't want to say it didn't deserve to go into OT. It shouldn't have gone to OT, but I don't want to take anything away from, from Czechia. They, it, it it definitely deserved to go in OT because that's where the score brought us and there was nothing unjustified about it. They earned every right to be in OT with Canada. They earned every right to be in the game in the first place. They're a great team. I just mean that, again, like you're saying, I'm kind of echoing what you're saying here. The, the hype that Canada had going into this tournament, the players on that team, um, should it should not have been drawn out like that. We definitely saw it going out going somewhere a little bit easier for ourselves. But there's nothing wrong with competition. This was very healthy competition. It's great for the sport. It was great for us. It, it toughens us up a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And maybe we don't take our uh, opponents uh, for granted next time. Um, not to suggest that necessarily that's what was happening, but it's just, again, we felt that we had uh, a clear-cut better team. The score, we felt, probably should have been more like what it was against the U.S., more of like a 6-2 game. Um, but Czechia fought, and they earned it. And winning... Uh, in OT, 3-2 against this team, nothing to be ashamed of on either side. Just phenomenal hockey. It was it was really good hockey. So I hear, uh, because as you know, <laughs> I, I came in a smidge late. Uh, <laughs> I can't, I see the stupid thing was, it was during the holiday break, obviously we know that. Um, but I, there was a free day at the museum and uh, my wife said, okay, we're, we're going on Thursday. It's free, it's free. And I'm like, all right, perfect. I hadn't looked ahead at the schedule. I didn't know it was Thursday for the gold medal game. So my son and I sat down and we watched the American game first. And then I'm like, yeah, all right. So tomorrow. And then, and then all of a sudden it dawned on me like, oh my God, you got to be kidding me. We're going, we're planning on being there for shortly after five. Like this, I'm going to miss the whole freaking game. Anyways, long story short, um, I got back just in time. I, we had also to do groceries. So we got back and putting everything away because I don't want to just leave it, dump it and run away from my wife. I'm a good husband. I did, I did my duties. I, I took care of my chores before Atta I boy. left. But yeah. boy. So, so I come upstairs and of course by this time now though, it's the third period. And within about 13 seconds after I turned on the game, check your scores. It's now two one. And I Lennon's in his bedroom close by and I yell it out and he's like, Oh my God, no way he comes over. He looks I'm like, I'm telling you, I'm bad luck now. And sure enough, as we all know, 54 seconds later, they tied the game. And I couldn't even say it out loud at first. <laughs> I felt so bad. And then, so I just, I said it under my breath a couple of times. Nobody heard me. Just, they tied it. They tied it. And then eventually I just said it out loud. Lennon, they tied the game. And then he's, what? And then he comes over and I'm like, I feel like crap. So watch the rest of the game. Uh, and then I know they're going to flood the ice. So I got about 10 minutes. I figured, okay, I'm not going to watch the game. Like, I'm done, but I want to see it. So I'm like, oh, you know what? Benefit of the doubt. I'll watch. I won't watch the first half or something, whatever. I'll just, I'll miss a little bit of it. So I missed a little bit of it. And I come back in about two minutes later, Canada scores. So I redeemed myself. You're welcome, Canada. We, we had to win in an OT because of me, but I brought it back. <laughs> That's well, um, hockey people are very uh, superstitious and I am definitely one there. So, well, I mean, the, the one thing I did want to say, I mean, I won't draw this out very much longer, um, but what I will say, and we talked about Shane Wright before the tournament, uh, you know, we had our thoughts on him, uh, yeah. on, on how Seattle was handling him. All I'll say is this good on him. 
I, I don't know if this could have gone any better for him. I mean, yeah, the guy could have put up like 40 points in a tournament, but I mean, like, so let's be realistic here. He went <laughs> yeah. in there. He was, he was productive, not yep. to a Connor Bedard level, obviously, but he went in there, captained the team, you know, uh, got his gold medal. And, and we talked about it last week. They're doing the right thing. They're sending him back to junior. Uh, yeah. He's going to Kingston. It sounds, I, who did I? Sounds like he's going to London Knights. It is London, eh? Okay, yes, yeah. it is. That's right. I did hear. Okay. So um, I don't think anything is finalized. I may be wrong on that. I, I, I haven't checked over the past couple hours. But either way, yeah. this, this is good for him. This is exactly what, 100%. what, we, were, what we were hoping for. He's going to go to a contender. Hopefully, they can have a deep playoff run. Again, with the pandemic, this, this kid lost a year of development. Like, no, it doesn't matter that which way you slice it or which way you dice it. He missed out. He needs to get some of that back one way or another. And I don't think it's going to happen by being scratched every second game in Seattle or no. playing like eight minutes a night. Yeah. Like the, he need he needs to play. He needs to, he needs to get some reps underneath him. You know, I, I'm sure like any other, uh, you know, high oh. pick in this case, fourth overall. Shit. Oh, sorry. He, uh, something different now. So reporter Scott Wheeler. Uh, he's a national Ooh. reporter, NHL draft prospects at the Athletic. Uh, he said 46 minutes ago, sounds like the Windsor Spitfires are closing in on a deal to acquire Shane Wright from the Kingston Front Eye. So that's well. changed because at three hours ago, he he did say Scott Wheeler had said that he was hearing London, Windsor, and now North Bay and more and Ottawa, and Barry and Peterborough. Uh, oh, sorry, that's different. Okay, so he's hearing. Originally, he was hearing a lot of teams were involved. I, I originally I had heard like twenty eight players were involved in this, um, but now I'm not sure where we're at. But the, the latest that I can see from Scott Wheeler, Windsor Spitfires, not London. So apologies about that. I guess I think this thing is a live beast. I think it's going to change because uh, the deadline I believe is Tuesday. So it might change well, a few more be times before it's over. <laughs> There's going to be a lot going, and it's always fun to to see the uh, the junior trades because you get one or two players going one way, usually only yeah. one, and you get like eight or nine or ten or fifteen assets back the other way. So it's always fun to see. But you know yeah. what? Speaking of uh, Shane Wright and speaking of his team, uh, the Seattle Kraken, uh, we did find yeah. out over the past week that the two newest teams in the NHL are going to have an outdoor uh, affair. Next year, it will yeah. actually be the the main uh, showcase. The Winter Classic uh, will be uh, at T-Mobile Park in Seattle, cool. Uh, cool. home of the Mariners. So that'll be uh, something that'll be quite interesting. Uh, I had a chance to um, have a quick little blurb with our uh, friends from the Kraken Night Show, nice. uh, JP and Ian. And I did mention to both of them that, uh, you know, there, uh, there should be some sort of a live broadcast or live podcast uh from the uh from the park uh so we'll see how that all plays out but uh good, ian yeah. is definitely i know that ian is definitely high on that nice that's good yeah and that's a good show too if you're having if folks out there if you haven't listened to it i, I know you don't have to be strictly a uh, seattle or a vegas fan to enjoy that show those are some good hosts right there it's just an all-around good show but it's a good idea too and it's a good idea to keep it in seattle not try and put it in vegas because uh as i'm sure you you read i i didn't i completely forgot about this but i do i did remember once i ended up watching it that they did try um and the first outdoor game i believe it was actually dubbed uh for them unofficial it was a preseason game between la and uh the rangers in vegas in 1991 
Um, and if you're wondering, yeah. you know, how, how do you do that in Vegas? Yeah. Well, not very well. Because at one point, and this is the weirdest part, I've, I've surfed the internet everywhere looking for an answer for this. But for some reason, the blue line, they used the blue, they used a cloth for the blue line rather than paint. And I don't know why they did that, but it caused the delay. Um, I want to say like almost 20 minute delay for the start of the game. They had to come out and essentially just like the guy had a canister of snow and he would just spray the area that was exposed because obviously cloth, if you're skating over that, you're going to stop dead in your tracks and can't have that. Um, so, but I, I did watch a little bit of the game. It was pretty interesting. They used Kelly Rudy's, uh, he had a uh, head cam on the whole game and it was pretty interesting. It's funny because it, there's yeah. one spot where um, the announcer like, uh, uh, Kelly Rudy's wearing a, a camera on his helmet. And what a great view. And I remember thinking like, this is a horrible view. Like, cause his head's, uh, where they, they positioned a camera, the way Rudy was yeah. looking, the camera was just like more or less straight down. So you didn't see anything unless it got within a five. So it's foot looking at ice. It is the whole time. Some feet every once in a while. Okay. But once the puck comes in, then yes, it is interesting. But it was just ironic that at that moment he was like, what? We get a great view from Kelly Rudy's head cam. It's like, no, not at all. This is just ice. There's, I, there's a whole, the play is going. I have no idea what's you happening. You got to love the attempt. And hey, it's the 90s, right? So. It was a valiant attempt. We love the yes. 90s. Yeah. Love the stuff. But it, that had uh, Gretzky in the game, so it's, it's so, worth a look up. Absolutely. I mean, back then, right, of course, just something completely, totally different. So just the, the, the novelty of it itself, just kind of sitting back and watching it. And, I'm, of course, you and I being such hockey fans, we would just love watching yeah. hockey anyway. But the nostalgia of it is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, another big thing I wanted to touch on this week, Marty, a lot of returning players this week, my man. Yeah, like it's good. Good to see. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'll I'll be talking about uh, Nick Backstrom a little bit later on, but he's back from uh, hip. Uh, this doesn't. I wanted to I wanted to stress this to you on the program this week. Hip resurfacing surgery. That just doesn't even sound fun. <laughs> like none of that at all sounds great, fun at all. It's got a negative tone to it. resurfacing <laughs> of the hip. Okay. Either way, yeah. Nick, Ouchie. it's nice to have you back, my friend. He's been out all year. Uh, Tom Wilson came back from uh, for the yeah. uh, the Capitals as well. He was out with the torn ACL, so he's been out since last uh, last May, twenty fourth of May last year. Yeah. And uh, the others that I wanted to hit on uh, were basically three Jets. Um, and I wanted to talk about one in particular. Uh, I did shoot you a text about this over the course of the week. And if I didn't mention that, I would be talking about it on the show. Well, I am now. So Nick Ehlers, Nick Ehlers comes back after basically missing all year. Uh, yeah. He played two games at the start of the year. And then uh, he's been gone for, uh, for quite a while. Sports hernia surgery. Um, Blake Wheeler, he was out for a little bit. And we will get back to him in two seconds. Yep, we will. Um, and, and also Cole Perfetti. Uh, is back as well, and and Nate Nate Schmidt actually came back this week too. So uh, I tell you what, if you're a Winnipeg Jets fan, uh, mm-hmm. you basically got a full line back and yeah. uh, one of your six D. So good on you. Let's go yeah, a little bit. And and, yeah. and the nice thing about it is the Jets have actually playing pretty good uh, hockey, and without those uh, those gentlemen, in particular Wheeler over the past I want to say month, and of course Ehlers since basically the start of the season. Yeah, and that's so, a big. That's a let, big reintroduction to the to a club like you said is already playing very well. So, good on them. Yeah, I mean, and and they actually, if I'm not mistaken, when they all came back, I think that was a pretty decent win 
uh, seven of four, I want to say, I think against oh, Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I guess. So yeah, yeah it was, uh, and, and, you know, you kind of, obviously you can see that there, like you said, there's a little bit of integration going on there because that's a pretty stout defensive team with bonus and letting four goals into Vancouver didn't, that's not kind of uh, Winnipeg's MO, so to speak. Um, but you could kind of see that everything was working out for them. I mean, yeah. here Ehlers comes back and, well, he had played a game beforehand, if I'm not mistaken, but uh, three-point night. Uh, he Wheeler clearly had his legs played. under him in this game, though. That was the nice thing about this game. I think he got two goals, did he not? Yeah, uh, a goal and two assists. I was okay, a, little, a little concerned. Uh, we'll be talking about Ehlers in regards to a trade a little bit later on, too. Um, but, yeah, I was a little concerned there, but he came out flying. Um, now, to kind of circle back a little bit to Blake Wheeler. <laughs> so, <laughs> folks, as we all know in the NHL, um, it's like pulling teeth to actually find out what is wrong with the individual, what is going on, what the situation is. That's a good point, actually. We come to find out this week, not only did we find out lower body, upper body, we found out that through a Josh Morrissey slap oh. shot that Blake Wheeler, and by the way, finished the game that night, mm -hmm. but through that shot from Morrissey that hit him, ruptured testicle. Ouch. To say the least, man. Like, finished I, the game? I, I, like finish the game. I, finish um, the game. You know, you you probably would have had an easier time getting me to sing the high notes of the Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> well, after that, then finish a fucking hockey game. Honestly. So, so one, I saw this, Marty, and first of all, I was like, oh, okay, that really, really sucks for him. <laughs> and two, what really got me is I'm like, okay. Like, this league is renowned for upper body, like LBI, UBI. Yeah, yeah. Why in God's name do I need to know about Blake Wheeler and his <laughs> ruptured testicle? Like, tell me it's a goddamn lower body injury and let's move on. Let's like, not I just can't get this league. Like, the pain. Figure it out. All men in the world. Can it's you just, not just go upper like, body injury and leave it at that? No. You know why, though? I, you know why? Because somebody saw this and said, and he finished the game. That's the most, that to me is, that's, okay. that's the, the reason why uh -uh. you share that information. The man is more manlier than any other man out there. I don't care who you are. Let me give you a ruptured testicle and then send you off anywhere. Never mind a hockey game, a professional hockey game, NHL hockey game. Let me do that like, you to know you what? and see if you can do it. Hey, hey, you, you guy there. You, you that's listening to this program, grab a hammer and out to the backyard. Go crush your nuts. You tell me if you're going to work tomorrow morning. Because I'll tell you what, Blake Wheeler did. Tell me if you're Blake Wheeler did. Night. Oh my God, Blake Wheeler went to work. You know what? All I'm going to say about this is, Blake, when I say good on you, not for the injury, but Jesus Christ, to be able to finish that game. A massive, massive Tugalag tip of the mm. cap to you, sir. <laughs> oh Very nice. Very nice. I'm a huge Blake Wheeler fan. I hope the rest of the season goes well. He should be a little faster seeing as he is now has one less nut. <laughs> can, can or I, sorry. A, sorry, uh, a ruptured one. A ruptured Not, he doesn't one, have sorry. one less. Tell me, 
let, let me just let me just put this out there for a second. He had the captaincy taken away from him. Yeah. Tell me he, he did just this for that alone. This is what I'm getting at. <laughs> There's no more leadership quality than the ability to finish a shift with one nut. Okay. No. You know <laughs> what? You start you, you when you started with two. <laughs> Marty, you make a good point, sir. And a tip of the cap to you as well. I think we need to start that trending on uh on uh on twitter you know what give as soon the, as the program's done wheeler. i'll get it going yeah that's soon, what we're doing yeah c for wheeler c for wheeler yeah Jesus and there's a joke Christ. in there we'll figure it out we'll make it funny yeah i i don't know yeah we'll get back to you week 18 <laughs> week 18 <laughs> good job wake good job and with that said actually we're just gonna take a quick little break uh and when we come back we'll get right into our uh our <laughs> a lot of movement a lot of stuff going on in cfhl and then uh and we'll be right back. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. The NFL playoff picture is locked in, and my go-to place for wild card round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wild card round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Actually, so good. Why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook for THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. Oh, okay. And we're back. We're checking oh, our hi there. Hello. Hey, we checking it. Hey, we're checking it. Hello, governor. Hey, governor. Governor. All right. So here we go. <laughs> Jeez. Check uh, my fanny. It was. It, listen. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and continuously say that you know it was another interesting week because every every interesting every week is going to be interesting. There, it's you know the standings are tight. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, we're just a little over a week before we have our midseason draft. Uh, another flurry of trades on Sunday to speak of. Uh, yeah. Two contending team, two contending teams were involved, uh, and look to continue to bolster their respective rosters, while the other two continue to build towards the future. So let's go over them. You want to you want to go over the first one there, big guy, or you want me to r- rifle these off? I want you to rifle them off because I'm going to talk about my reaction afterwards and what I've done okay. since. <laughs> so trade number one, the Royals get into the fun of it. They get their hands on Braden Point and Joe Pavelski. Very nice. The Cougars, the Cougars get in return. Nick Suzuki, Brian Rust, and the Royals' fifth round entry in 24-25. Marty, go. All this does, <laughs> all for like in terms of the Royals, I love it. I absolutely love it for so many reasons. It's As uh, do I. it's the it's the future and it's now. Uh, it's not giving up on the season. He's aware that he's still very much in it. Um, not to suggest that he should consider himself out of it. Um, just saying, like, because 
after we jinxed him uh, a little bit, <laughs> or maybe I did. Sorry, <laughs> I'll take full responsibility for that. Actually, um, uh, we're in it together. We're in it together. There was a bit of a slip for him in terms of uh, W's uh, from from that week on, from those weeks on. But Braden Point ensures that he's that's a great pick for now and for later. The guy's so young. We talked about. It. We were surprised the other day. I think we he's, we said he's twenty six. Twenty six. Feels yep, like he's 26. been in the league forever, um, and he kind of has. He's you could consider him almost a veteran, but you can't because of his age. But then when you flip that with Joe Pavelski, who signs another one-year contract, is playing lights out again on a terrific offensive team. Um, there's no reason to see. There's no reason to suggest he's going to slow down. Uh, the the supporting cast around Joe Pavelski is just uh, immense. Um, part of me does wish I had him last year. I do wish I would have held on to him just because I felt this was going to happen again. Um, but I think I just gambled that he wasn't going to. Um, but he's proving all the naysayers wrong. He's playing better now than he ever did in San Jose. That's the thing. And I think really it's chemistry that, with that team. So the Royals looked great job. Uh, for, for now and later. Uh, it was a smart pick. And to say that they, you know, they lost, they did. They lost Nick Suzuki, which is awesome for the Cougars. Great pickup. Uh, Brian Russ. I think that's a throw-in. I think Brian Russ was the player that uh, the Royals were just going to get rid of, so the Cougars said, I'll take him anyways. Might as well. Mm Because there's no sense there. I don't see the Cougars protecting Russ. He's Mm -hmm. a good player, very serviceable. I think the Cougars probably is another smart move for the Cougars would be to flip Russ to someone who's in contention uh, and needs to solidify their bench because that's exactly the kind of player Russ would be. And then that beautiful fifth-round entry in 24-25. It's a great job for the Cougars, honestly, because, again, Nick Suzuki going forward. Uh, Joe Pavelski is sort of the answer to Brian Russ in a sense. And Braden Point, I don't know. Braden points a little bit more sure, but he's got that those injuries, right? Uh, who got the better one? It's essentially between Braden Point and Nick Suzuki. I don't know. I, I see Suzuki being long-term better than Point, but I don't think by much. I think you can make an argument for Braden Point, so it's pretty even keel there. So I think maybe this boils down to the fifth round entry for for the Cougars. Well, I got one question for you, and all so that I don't put you on the spot, I will actually answer it first. And my okay. question is: Did the Cougars get enough in that trade? I think they could have squeezed. I think they could have squeezed. And this is not. And Ryan, I know you're listening. We're not throwing you under the bus here, bud. Just talking. <laughs> we're just we're just dissecting trades here, man. Don't get angry. But I do but I do think that I do think that the Cougars could have probably squeezed just a little bit more uh, out of the Royals but but having said that that's what makes this league fun that's what makes this league interesting what I see as you know potentially he could have squeezed a little bit more maybe Ryan sat there and got exactly like he got the pieces that he was asking for or requested or whatever the case was so you know I can sit here and say that all I want but the deal was made obviously Ryan was happy with the deal because he made it. So <laughs> yeah, you have to assume anyways. Well, yeah, hope so. And hope he didn't have a gun. As, hope he didn't have a gun in your head there, Ryan. Sorry, bud. Seems like it. <laughs> but yes, I do think they could have squeezed a little bit more out of it. What about you? Um, I, yes, I do. But I, I can see him being happy with the fifth. Um, and, and I think... Which kind of translates to Pavelski if you think about age, what he's got left in the tank so on and so forth and then and sort of yep. kind of jump on on top of you there but and then like you say Suzuki with the youth that he has he is a, he is younger than Braden Point so he's getting a yep. little bit younger there 
Point does have a bit of an injury history. He's one of those guys when he plays, he scores though, but he does have a little bit of an injury history. So I, yeah, again, I still think he could have squeezed a little bit more, just a little, nothing much, like maybe a midseason pick or something, or potentially maybe a you know maybe a seventh or an eighth or whatever he deemed like he would have wanted. But I think it could have got just a little bit more. But it is a good deal in particular for the Royals where they're at. And what they're trying to do. I think getting Braden Point in terms of the Royals, I think getting Braden Point on board, obviously a protected player at this point going forward, it's um, it's a great piece to what's already there. It doesn't it doesn't can move forward with him really. Yeah, and he already had Cole Caulfield, so it's not like in a sense you're not losing Nick, Nick Suzuki completely because you had yeah. both. So yeah. this is spreading out more games. It's a smart move for him, and it's in the same breath for the Cougars in terms of that. Uh, Nick Suzuki is absolutely going to be a great player for him in the uh, now and in the future for a long time. Uh, yeah, he got younger by three years, uh, but still, it's younger. It's a different team, and I again, I think the Cougars. I had asked about him actually way back, even when Scott was still a co-owner of the Brigands. We had talked about him before. And Ryan's always really liked him. He's had candid conversations with us about him in the sense of like, yeah, he's frustrating at times, but when he plays, he's great. I think this year, because I, I think the Cougars are ready for that rebuild. I think that was mm -hmm. part of it. I think it's almost like shed the old, start new, mm -hmm. uh, and move forward with that. And I think that's part of the reason for that. And then getting you know the fifth round entry. That's great. And you know what? No, Ryan, he loves Brian Russ. Maybe he keeps him too. Who knows? Um, maybe there's something there. So I don't know, but I, I don't see that necessarily. But uh, I do think one extra pick, a late round, even if it's a, you know, a seventh or mm -hmm. an eighth, um, something simple like that, something easy or a pick swap kind of thing. Um, but uh, no, I, all around, I think it's a good. It's good for everybody. It helps uh, the Royals right now, um, especially with the way the Buccaneers have played this year and just completely roared, roared, roared back. Like holy moly. It's it, it, very impressive. And we will be touching on the Buccaneers shortly as well. Um, yeah. We'll we'll finish off our trades Moving here on, real yeah. quick. Um, and I will mention these kind of both together because they are kind of linked, basically. So the Dragons get their hands on Nick Ehlers, and the Demons receive the Dragons' fourth-round entry in 25-26. And due to the fact that I would have had to drop a player... I tried to kind of move somebody to see if I could kind of recoup a little bit of an asset. And uh, the third trade of the weekend would see the Royals snag Nick Schmaltz from the Dragons for the Royals' sixth-round entry in 25-26. So from the Dragons' point of view, essentially, basically, I get my hands on Ehlers, let go of Schmaltz, a fourth and a sixth. Or so. so it kind of almost looks like a lateral move, but like I mentioned to your uh, brother through text today I said to him um, I was like I know it kind of looks fairly lateral but at the end of the day just kind of felt more comfortable with the Ehlers and maybe it you know not similar to the Royals and Cougars maybe uh, bit, Ryan yeah. just felt more comfortable with Suzuki yeah yeah so, yeah so it's just a case where I just didn't feel like losing a player if I didn't have to just dropping him so was able to shift yeah. uh, Smaltz over there to the Royals and he gets it and Schmaltz is no kind of uh, um, slouch, if you will. Um, the right. guy, the guy has, if I'm not mistaken, 18 points in 22 games. So it was definitely better than a couple of guys that he had on the squad. Uh, so he right. took a gamble with it, and 
and we'll see how what comes out of that. But uh, just to finish up with our check, my fanny, a couple of uh, marquee matchups over the course of the week. The biggest one being between uh, the Apocalypse and the Buccaneers, and that went yeah. right, right down, right down yeah. to the wire. For uh, high scoring teams, as soon as I, as soon as I saw uh, the Apocalypse uh, hammer down or nail down a shutout with Kemper, yeah, uh, on Sunday on Sunday afternoonish evening. I think it was the evening game. Actually. Yeah, some of that. Um, I I kind of thought maybe he would have had it, um, but here comes your dad. So, and like so I, much and, offense on that team. And like I also told your brother through text today, I said to him, "It's the Buccaneers' world, and we're just living in it." Because it's, because he has oh. been he's made it he made that trade six weeks ago and and we know it's six weeks ago because he's on a six game winning streak yeah, exactly he made that trade and he has not looked back uh he has taken the division no. lead in the gretzky division um sorry to bring it up but if i'm not mistaken he has passed both you and scott uh if i'm not yes. mistaken i believe he's third place now in the league and when yes. i say third place we're not talking like two games back or three games back the leaders here he's one game back of myself and joel who are both yeah. tied? Who are both tied for the league lead? Joel has the tiebreaker because of the points for. So if the season was to end today, Joel would be the champion. So your dad is right in there. He stuck his nose right in, and <laughs> and, and and I'm sorry. Uh, I I think to a certain degree he may even have some bigger cojones than I do, because at two and four to make the deal that he did, when he did. And where you, myself, and Joel and Scott were all at that point, that was a ballsy yeah. move. That was a real ballsy move. Now, yes, there's a little bit. So of you're and so to be clear, you're talking about the deal that brought over Kuznetsov and uh, yeah. Hronik, right? Yeah. Which I'll be honest. Now, both of those players have been playing very well since they got picked up. Hundred percent. Uh, Kuznetsov in his last but his team has gone days. off too. His whole but roster has gone off. At. Yeah, and let's keep in mind he has no room on D for injury because if one of them gets injured, then mm -hmm. he has to insert Seth Jones, who's got six points in thirteen games, plays on a horrible team. Essentially, he's got four D in Roman Yossi, Philip Ronick, Tony D'Angelo, and Tyson Berry. Okay, beyond that, he's got no room for injuries in nets. Because all he's got uh, on the on the bench right now is Jack Campbell, who we all know stinking up the joint. Not an option, and it's just not an option. So this is really about two things. One, he already had a great team: uh, Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, Timo Mir, Victor Olofsson to a lesser extent, but he's been injured for most of the part. David Pasternak just going off the charts. Tage Thompson, uh, Chris Kreider. Like, anyways, he's got a lot of great pieces. Jake Odinger and Connor Hellebuck. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. This team goes where it is today because of Jake Odinger and Connor Hellebuck. Don't sit there and tell me that those two guys aren't at the center of why my dad's team has won six weeks in a row and beating the likes of Joel, who was just in first place, still in first place, but he's beating the best of everybody. The week before he beat me, so he's taking down the top teams. Like this is not, and and that's and that's kind of the third level to this. Like 
you know, ballsy move at two and four to make the deal in the first place. Gets guys yeah. on a heater, goes on a six game winning streak. And then it's not like he's beating up on the rebuilding teams in the Gretzky division here. Yeah. Like he he's crossed over and, oh, yeah. be, and, and beat the number one and number two team in the league. Period. It's Done. something else. It's something else. It's very impressive. It will. I'm now, as we know, it's cyclical in our league. Every team tends to have, uh, I'll say, you know, a three, four, five week period where they're, you know, their guys are really getting it done, really getting things taken care of. Maybe his is right now, and and he drop. You gotta hope he drops off at some point here because man, oh man, six week <laughs> winning streak guy, like he is right I... on my heels. He's right on my heels. I don't know how it seems. I, I don't know how this continues on the way it's going. And it, this is not a, this is not an insult. This is not a shot. He has been very lucky, very lucky in those six weeks. Not because of the quality of players that are playing good. Absolutely not. The quality of players that he has on his team are supposed to be doing what they're doing. Um, maybe it took them a little while. Maybe they came out and it gets a little bit slow. Who knows? But it doesn't matter. The players that are playing well are supposed to be playing well, and that's fine. What I'm always astonished at is the fact that currently, right now, and for the last six, he has had no room for error on his bench between his defenseman and defensive core and his goal, goalie core. There's been zero room for error on those two, and that has been working out every single week for the past six weeks. This cannot continue. I can see Jake Odinger and Connor Hellebuck finishing off the season strong. Absolutely. I can see that. And, and that and that makes sense, and that's fine. Both of those guys are workhorse-type goalies, and this is great. Uh, no, no real surprise there. It's the defense and even, even some of the forwards. That's where, to me, like, he's not... I don't know that he has... I'd have to ask him personally if he's really battled an injury bug yet this season. I don't feel like he really has. He hasn't, but we know another team that has. The apocalypse. <laughs> and he's kind of in the same boat a little bit, and he's even admitted admitted to me, he's like, yeah, man, I'm playing with fire, like just kind of really hoping to get to the midseason. And he only has a week a week to wait here. Like a, yep, base, basically, basically a week from today, we're in it. Uh, we, yeah. would, we would hope that somebody would have made a pick by the, this point in the day next monday yeah. but but we'll we'll see how that all works out um yeah. but yeah i mean things are getting tighter again uh with uh, with your dad's win this week against joel that really tightens things up at the top of the uh at the top of the standings and if we take a quick look here uh we will give our listeners the rundown really quickly the apocalypse and dragons lead the league at nine three and one records uh again uh due to our tiebreaker which is points four the Apocalypse do actually take the league lead uh, if we are going to be technical about it. Um, going down the list, the Buccaneers with their six-game winning streak, 8-4-1 now. So they are one game back of the leaders. Uh, you've got the Royals who are bringing up fourth place with an 8-5 record. And they have a two-game winning streak, so they've kind of got back to some winning ways here as well. Yeah. Uh, the Brigand, yourself, the Brigands. Seven five and one on a two game losing streak, but that can be that can change as easily as this week. Uh, still in it at the end of the day, when you, when you really look at it, two games out, and we still have upwards of about 14, 13 games to play. So 
there's plenty, plenty of time with that. Sure. Uh, going to some of the bottom feeders here um, so far this year, we've got Tom sitting at four and nine, so he would bring be bringing up what sixth. Uh, then you've got uh, the Cougars at two nine, or yes, Cougars two nine and two. Yeah. Um, so they're having quite a rough year, and of course, <clears throat> that retool or rebuild has uh, started in earnest, as far as we can see. And the Pond Hogs will be bringing up the rear at a 2-11 and 11 record. And we, of course, know exactly where uh, Jason is and has been for a little <laughs> bit, rebuilding his team. Um, but uh, brighter days are ahead for some of these bottom feeders. Brighter days are ahead. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, you know, there's... there. You're right. There is still time um for for scott uh for myself when because when you look at the so the apocalypse dragons buccaneers top three and then it's you look at the divisional the games and the royals it, it's well okay yes but you need to take a fine tooth comb to really figure out why like you need kind of need to go a little bit deeper than that um with the royals i think it's because they caught they caught on so quickly so so early uh, and so well, it put them in a position where they need to compete. They do, because they've got a serious chance. Scott's team can absolutely still compete in this league in this year. Um, the great thing about Scott is that if he doesn't, it's okay. Um, this is kind of a bonus year for him. He hasn't made any moves mm -hmm. that are costing him the future. In fact, he's gotten better uh, for the future. So there's nothing lost, everything gained for him in this year. So that's Scott is still very much a relevant storyteller in this season. I myself and in a different situation where I've got a, a lot my my hopes and dreams for the season rely heavily on guys who may or may not have something left in the tank. So my downward spiral, like because I haven't been strong all year. I've had uh, I think my longest winning streak is two games. If I if I've had one, um, obviously lately slipping with the two game losing streak. So I'm very up and down, up and down, up and down. So I'm very inconsistent, and it's it's starting to get to me. So obviously when I saw all these trades, of course I I, I attempted to get involved. So I, I I reached out to an owner and I, about a player who I thought was a difference maker, and I thought was my last chance for the year, in terms of like if I don't get this deal. I may have to make a decision. Well, the deal didn't go through. So I sat on on what do I do for about half an hour. <laughs> and then I realized the smartest thing for me to do right now is to at least test the waters and see what's going on out there. And that's what I did. I put everybody on notice that my entire team is up for sale. Dude. I started, I almost immediately started getting texts from everybody involved. <laughs> Everybody's everyone's involved. The entire league has been has been has is involved for sure. Now, I almost made a deal before we started. And I really, I really I almost made two deals before we started. I was trying really hard, but then I realized I was doing it more for for the show than what was potentially good for my team. So I thought, no, let me take a step back and let me just reevaluate something. So before we started, I actually was waiting the show. Um, I don't know if it'll make the cut or not. So I'm going to mention it that I got a phone call from one of the GMs, Mike, and Mike knows this. And I muted the microphone, apparently not too well, but I left the room, so it doesn't matter. So something's going to happen. We're not done. But I'm saying all this because what's coming 
what's coming forth to me is not clarity on where my team is because my vision for this team is always <laughs> I always want to say it's different but it's always the same. I'm I put all my chips in the in in an old man's corner. Great players that have a lot to give, your Crosby's, your Ovechkin's, your Malkin's, your Kane's, great players who obviously are still great in the game, still very much relevant, but can absolutely not be enough to win the game when you're trying to compete with the likes of McDavid's or Dreisaitl's or Robertson's or Thompson's. These guys are taking over the league. This is what the league is now. It's young. It's fast. These guys are the ones scoring the goals. Not anybody on my team. My guys are hopefully getting apples, and that's what's happening. They're getting... My team is... I'm inconsistent because those that's how those players play now. They'll go on hot streaks. Barkov came back from an injury, had five points. Has been shit since. <laughs> and then is probably going to get an injury before he comes back and gets another five points. And that's how my players play. And I can't win weeks like that. I realized today that... I've got too much going on in that category. There's nothing wrong with that concept. It's just, it's not enough if that's all you've got in your team. You do diversify. Need, yeah, I need to diversify my portfolio for sure, my hockey portfolio. And that's what I'm, that's my new direction. I mean, the cat's out of the bag. It's not, I mean, there's not much to say about that. I'm not really letting the cat out of the bag. It's a very small cat, it's a kitten. I'm but still, it's, I'm still that's, gonna, that's where I'm going. I'm still going to ask you what's going on after the show's over. And we're done recording. It's gonna happen. Oh, you're, you're gonna, you're probably gonna find out before the end of the show. I'm oh, gonna, perfect. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, are we going to Beauties and the Beast? Is that what we're yes, doing? We oh, we buddy, have buddy, I got one for you this week. I got three actually, three beauties, okay. one beast. But there's one in particular that's like, you know, kind of one <laughs> of those hidden gems, if you will. We are talking about Brandon Montour out in Florida. Six foot, 194, 28 years old, 38 games played, six goals, 25 assists for 31 points. For our listeners, as we know, that would end up being 37 points as we double our goals. He's a minus three and he's playing 24-44 a night, which let's just call it what it is, round it off to 25 minutes. All I have to say about this player is he has taken full advantage of the circumstances that are in front of him, and he has absolutely run with it. And what I mean by that is Mackenzie Weger gets traded to uh, Calgary. Ben Sherratt signs a free agent deal with Detroit. And Aaron Ekblad is injured half the time. So what have you got left? Well, in regards to kind of like your offensive kind of defenseman quarterback of a power play, you're looking at Brandon Montour. And he certainly has taken the ball and run with it for sure. It's This is more one of those guys, I would say, this is a guy I think of when it comes to daily fantasy, Marty. This is the kind of guy where you can plug in, you get, oh, what's that? You got, an, like me this week, Hedman. Doesn't look like he's going to, he's personal day-to-day, but you never know what's going to happen. That's when you go out, free agent signing, you get yourself Montour, a guy like that, plug him in for a couple of games, you're good to go. No. Is is he the type of guy that you would grab necessarily in our pool? Possibly at the midseason. He could be somebody that could be a filler for, for any one of the uh, the eight teams in our league. Um, yeah. but, what, but whenever I think about what's going on with him, the type of season he's having, the situation that he's in, and what I mean by that is that Ekblad is now back. So, of course, who's going to get, you know, the bulk of the time on the power play and, you know, the, the better five on five? It's going to be Ekblad, obviously. But... 
I mean, the guy is a Band-Aid boy. Ekblad, that is. So, I mean, get get your hands on this yeah. guy. Spe- again, like I say, especially if you're in, in a daily fantasy and you're looking for somebody to kind of plug in with because of an injury or just because your player's not productive, this may be the guy you might want to take a look at. Uh, next guy up. This has got a little bit more flash and dash to it, but he's just not getting the love like the Twin Smash. Towers are. We're talking about... We're talking about the often criticized Jeff Skinner. Now, this guy took his lumps, man. And you and I, uh, you and I, I think, probably gave him a couple uh, at $9 million. And yeah, the way things definitely last year, the way things were going, do I, do I still love him at $9 million? Absolutely not. No way. No how. No. No. So that, that's, that will never change. That is what it is. But what I will say is now that you're getting, all of this uh, talent in Buffalo. And it's not just with the Twin Towers and Tuck and uh, and Thompson. I mean, you got Darlene on the back end. You've got Power on the back end now. I mean, that defense isn't exactly um, uh, uh, world beaters. But if you kind of look at it up and down, it's not that bad. You know, Henry Yokiharu's down there. It, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty decent top six. Um, and, and of course, you, you know, you're getting some of these young kids coming up to you, JJ Paterka, you got Casey Middlestad down there. So you're starting to get a lot of influx of talent around him now. And of course he can, he's been, I mean, he's always been a bit of a scorer, right? Like this is a guy that could score. I mean, even when there were rough times in Buffalo. So now that there's a little bit more attention on player A and player B and player C now, he's able to yeah. kind of come up the pipe and do exactly what he's doing. So you got a 5'11", 197-pound, 30-year-old forward, 34 games played, 17 goals, 22 assists for 39 points. That's a point-a-game player by five points, folks. Plus 14. And remember, folks, Buffalo, plus 14. (laughs) So, I mean, things have changed in Buffalo. I think they've really turned this corner. Super, super uh, fun and entertaining team to watch. Skinner's Absolutely. Skinner's not even playing 17 and a half minutes point. Yeah. Like, like that's some good value, man. Like in a daily fantasy, I would imagine that some, someone like that has now been picked up and probably kept. But if I'm not mistaken, that's a gentleman that's, a, I, th- I think he's available in our league. Is he not? I'm pretty sure I'm, I, I think. Oh, mm, that's a good question. It is. Yeah, I think question. you're right. I think I, he is. I think he is. I think he is. But I'm just not 100% sure. Either way, with what's going on in Buffalo right now, guys, and I'm... He is available. And you know what? They have That's a, bad. That's terrible. Well, somebody's oh definitely going to take full advantage of that because, I mean, you've got that vaunted Buffalo power play as well. That's clicking at 29%. If I'm not mistaken, that's second in the league. It, it So, listen, guys. If you're, if you're talking value, you're talking Jeff Skinner right now because... It's certainly the type of guy that isn't kind of jumping off the pages and getting all the love. But at 39 points in 34 games, you might want to start thinking about giving him some because he is a great, great value pick right now. Big time. Yeah, that's saying the least. (laughs) Um, My third beauty this week is going to be a little different. We're not really kind of digging into numbers so much or anything like that. Um, We talked about him earlier on in the show. It is Nicholas Backstrom. Um, and I will, you know, full disclosure here, I held him and Ovechkin on my uh, fantasy team for easily a decade or close to it, maybe. Um, yeah, maybe not that much. 
Felt like that, though. <laughs> Felt like that. So I got a little bit of a soft spot for Nick Backstrom. And <clears throat> going back to what I was joking about a little bit earlier in regards to this hip resurfacing surgery. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, what, what I've come to find out is th- this really wasn't 100% of this player coming back. And I don't know if I... I don't know if I speak for you, Marty, or not, but I would not have liked to see the sunset on Nick Backstrom that way. Uh, it just like even if True. He comes, even if he comes back, and it's just a slow decline from here, I would rather that. Like now, you know, I know that he's gotten the surgery. He seems to be feeling better. We'll see how that translates onto the ice over the basically the, the second half of the season. Um. I'm just happy to see him back. I, I, you know, I, I originally drafted him uh, as a future star, brought him onto the team the whole night. So I was invested in this guy from, from the word go. And I'm just, uh, at the end of the day, plain and simple, I'm just happy to see him back after the surgery, after hearing that this, it was not a hundred percent that we would ever see him on the ice again. Yeah. I kind of, I, I kind of really agree with you. Um, it would have been better for him to go out differently. Um, what are what are what is he really after in this case? Because Washington's not exactly a cup favorite. So what Which, is the point of this? All their you and I both know that basically with some of the moves that they made, bringing Kemper in this year, they, you know they really wanted to solidify the goaltending, get rid of the two young kids who were still basically unproven, and they just want another kick at the can. Like they're trying to squeeze every last bit of juice out of this thing. And, you know, I mean, obviously there's been conversations between Backstrom and management. So this isn't a, uh, you know, shedding a tear kind of thing. Let me play one more game. Like it, it's nothing like that. Like he's coming back because he thinks he can do something. Um, I hope he can. Uh, you know, again, like, like I mentioned, we'll see here over the, we'll really get a good indication of what's going on with Nick Backstrom. Uh, I think through the second half of the season here, um, you know, I, I certainly don't know where his head is at. Does he want to keep playing, uh, you know, past this year? Uh, does he want to finish whatever kind of contract he's got uh, still left to play? Um, you know, is the pain going to be too great? That's why I'm saying like, you know, we'll see how the second half of the season goes for him. I certainly hope this isn't the end end. Um, but I will say if this is good, if this is a slow decline, I'm fine with that because I would rather see him come back, go through a slow decline, than have him get the uh, hip resurfacing surgery and it just not work out and him not be able to come back. So, yeah, you know what? Yeah, yeah. At the very, very least for me personally, uh, I, I'm i just happy to see him back. I'll take whatever I can get left of, of, of his playing days and then kind of go from there. But uh, the most important thing for me is just glad to see him back on the ice. You know, especially with the fact that they were never really 100% sure if this was going to be come to fruition or not. Right. Um, as for my beast this week, we're going to the Oilers. Uh, you know what? I, I beat up on the Oilers a pretty pretty good amount you this should. week. Um, you deserve it. And, and, and I know I'm pretty damn sure you saw that tweet that I sent out your way too, which was pretty beautiful, if I'm being honest. It was just, just lovely. <laughs> it was just lovely, as a matter of fact. Um, so yes, back to Evan Bouchard. Listen, with the with the struggles that this former tenth overall pick uh, in 2018 is going through, um, so much more was expected of him after his breakout campaign. 
uh, 12 goals, yeah. 31 assists for 43 points last year. At the halfway point, it's not looking so great. You got 41 games played, three goals, 11 assists for 14 points. He's a minus 14 uh, with an 18-15 time on ice. It's it's just been a little bit of a letdown in regards to his play. Uh, it's And again, I think, including myself, to be very honest with you, uh, I think we all saw potentially a player that would be able to, you know, at the very, very worst, potentially push 50 points. Uh, you know, and, and that's a bad year, you know, thinking 47, 48, 49, uh, you know, could he, you know, he very well, I think in a lot of people's minds could have pushed over the 50 mark, you know, that 50 to 55 point area. Um, things just have not turned out that way. Um, we all know that the Oilers, their troubles still lie on the defensive end of the puck. This is a team that can score with the best of them, but just can't seem to keep it out of its net one way or the other. Uh, whether it's through the goaltending or just their overall defensive play or personnel that they have. Um, it's just not working out. And obviously Bouchard is feeling a lot of that as well uh, as the team is. But with where the, the, the Oilers are at, we got to kind of take it at face value. They are still in a wild card spot. This is a team that currently is in a playoff position. So the team and the player... And I know it's easy for uh, you know keyboard warrior over here to say this, but they both of them need to figure this out. They 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 both need to figure this out, and whether that is the Oilers going out and getting defensive help so that maybe people are slotted into a better spot, who knows what it is. It, it, there there are a number of ways in which you can look at this, but I think it's you know not like it hasn't already been drugged through the dirt already. But both the the Oilers and this player are going to need to figure this out, because with 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 those two play with, with Drysdale and McDavid, you just can't you, you cannot continue to waste time. You can't you can't do it. Yeah. Um, my personal opinion, it's all it's already insulting. Yes, it's we already we are already like, there. Yes, and and in my opinion, and we talked about this last year, and I'm not sure. Well, we're going to find out here, Marty, how you feel in a second. <laughs> but uh, but I'm going to tell you right now. If the Edmonton Oilers have any thoughts about keeping that first round pick, they better somebody better shake somebody's head clear here. Like, I I I I honestly don't care what anybody thinks, other than. And I'm not saying that there's going to be something out there that they can. I, I, I'm not saying that it, ha, it has to be used at all costs. But I'm saying if there is right. something that can. But what I am trying to get across is if there is something out there that can help you. I, I and I'll go to something I've been hearing a little bit. Matthias Ekholm out in uh, Nashville. I'm hearing some linked up with with the Oilers. Listen, Ken Holland. I only want you to make me one promise that you're not going <laughs> to sit completely on that first round pick and not even think about it. You have to, have to, have to have that pick in play. Does it get used? I don't know, but it certainly has to be in play. It's on the table. It's on the fucking, it, it, it has to table. be, it has to be because I mean, and, and you can hear, you can hear the frustration in my voice and I'm a Montreal Canadiens fan. Like, if I'm an Edmonton Oilers fan right now here, 
this is enough. Like, like this is enough here, okay? Yeah. We're on the precipice of not making the playoffs this year. That that flat out, flat out is unacceptable and cannot happen. End of story in regards to that. This franchise and this fan base, okay? These these fans turn out in droves and have for the past decade and more that this team has been floundering. And, and, and listen, I, before I go on to a huge rant, I'm just going to say... <laughs> The team, in particular management, needs to take care of their business. The team has shown you what it can do. You can see the deficiencies. You can see the defects, whatever word you want to use. He knows how to fix it. He kept the Red Wings in the playoffs for 25 years, for a quarter century. He knows how to do it. Now he just needs to go out and do it. Uh, and, and listen... I'm not I'm not pretending to say that it's super easy. He gives a guy a call and it makes a trade. But everything right now for that organization has to be on the table. And, and and to me, that's not even a thought. That shouldn't even be a thought. Everything and everything. Like, I mean, of course you're not giving up which which trying to get you there. You're not giving up dry cycles. You're not giving you're obviously not doing that kind of stuff. You're building, you're adding. You're not you're not subtracting, you're adding here. But they need to figure it out, Marty, because somewhere along the line, if this doesn't change, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's going to be both. I don't know if it's going to be one or the other. But I tell you right now, one of McDavid or Dreisaitl will go to management and ask for a trade. I the, the thing is is <laughs> I'm so tired with this conversation. Like <laughs> this is. No different than three years ago. This is this is basically yep. where the start the chatter started about three years ago because that's Spinning when he started to hit people that okay shit we got to make sure this team's better around him because yes he's the best player on the planet um, but he can't he literally can't do everything um, he can't play nets he can't play defense and play offense all at the same time he is a great person but he is not six people at once. So no matter what you put out there, it better damn well be good. And the conversation started last year or three years ago, like I said, roughly three or four years ago. And that's when and when I say conversation, I'm talking about we are wasting years. And that's what we've been doing every year since. Um, there's been there's been <laughs> Edmonton has been doing very good at selling hope. That's what they've been selling. That's what they've been peddling for the last three or four years. That's really what they've been doing. We have picked up this player and that player, hoping they'll plug that hole, hoping they'll plug the other hole, hoping they'll um, go from you know a good player to the superstar that we think they are. And these are players like Nurse and Hyman and even Nugent Hopkins, Yamamoto. Um, there's a lot of players on this list. No sense in going through them all. At the end of the day, we are having a worse season than last year with the likes of McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, and Hyman having career years. And to a lesser extent, but somewhat close to it, Tyson Berry getting rejuvenated this year, who's playing in terms of offense, putting up phenomenal numbers. Darnell Nurse is giving the puck away like it's got rabies, but for some reason continues to be put in positions where he's responsible for the puck. 
we something needs to be figured out here. Jay Woodcroft came in last year and we all thought that he was the Messiah and, and the next coming of Christ and he was going to solve everything. And quite frankly, I thought he, he I thought he was going to as well. I figured a full season with him was going to be great. In theory, yes. But you didn't do anything else to really solidify our biggest problems, which has been for the last three or four years, defense and goaltending. We thought we did in Campbell. Now, I'll say this, and he is my beast for this week, folks. Um, Campbell is a huge disappointment, a huge letdown, a massive reason why we are on the outside looking in. And that rests on his shoulders. But 10% of it will say, you have to be responsible as the GM who pulled the trigger on that trade. You have to be responsible for that. So this is Ken Holland, again, swinging and missing. And there was every reason for Campbell to succeed in Edmonton, but it just didn't happen. And I don't care what that means in terms of, well, I got the right guy. You may have, and I absolutely did pump those tires. And I do still think there's room for Campbell, not this year, but there is room for Campbell on this team. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Holland, your record stinks. It's gotten nothing but worse over the years. So we're, I was done with him last year. This year, I, it just makes me laugh. And Bouchard is a big reason for that kind of stuff too. Your wow. piece. And isn't, isn't it funny that we go on a massive, massive rant of the Edmonton Oilers <laughs> to the point, to the point that we even get your Jack Campbell, your beast in there. Yeah. <laughs> all, all from Evan Bouchard. You see what you started, Evan? You see what you started, yeah. <laughs> Evan? Bad, bad get it together, boy. Evan. <laughs> all right, oh, my man. God. Guess okay. what? You're up. You're up with your beauties and beasts. We already know the beast, but you're still you still got stuff to go over when it comes to Campbell, though, too. I have At completed my trade. Oh. Uh, um. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you care to so I'm going to be pretty or? fast about this. I'm going to be pretty. Okay. Yes, we need to talk okay. about this. And hopefully okay. while I go through my beauties, my second trade will, will go through. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. God, I've at Jesus. least got one announcement God. to make after this. Yeah. This, you know what? It's fun. You know what? It's a good year. I would normally wait until we're done the show for this, but we're putting this right into the show here, bud. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Can, can, I even like, asked you, the GM you, if it was okay, and he said it was. So we're good. Are you are you ever going to let me have the spotlight, bud? It seems oh, like any time. That's all this is about. That's all this is about. You I got it. Steal you, the spotlight I from just, you. 100%. Like, you know, I make, I make two deals, even small. <laughs> like, I even make them small. I even say to myself, well, you, you're not going to really think that's a... You know what? We need to talk. We need to talk. Hey, friend, friendships on hold. If you want to be <laughs> no competitiveness over friendship every single time. Absolutely, son. Absolutely, too bad. You got that right. Suck it up. I'm going to go. On. Okay, I'm I'll making, be quick. I'm making another. I'm making another trade just to beat you. Just cause. I'm just making another one. As soon as we get off the show. <laughs> Done. I I I expect nothing ah. less. Okay, here we go. David Pasternak, eight goals and yes, three sir. assists over his last seven games. He's a plus nine as well. That's pretty impressive. Not. That he shouldn't. Boston's lights out. So, anyways, thirty-five shots wagon. on goal in the seven games. That's amazing. Um, I wrote to Goot. <laughs> not no, it's supposed to say to boot. Um, one thing about him that we're just no one's really talking enough, especially now. I think this it, we need to start talking about more. He's right behind McDavid for the for the mm -hmm. um, league lead in goals with thirty-two, with one game in hand. 
So he's right on pace in terms of goals with McDavid. He's on a McDavid's clearly still on another planet, but 50, 58 points in 40 games. He's like, I mean, in any other league without McDavid, he's number one. Like, and everyone's just talking about Pasternak. So if you don't have him, big borrow and steal because this guy is worth it. I, oh, I'm yeah. going to fly through it. What are we going to talk about this? Chavez Konechny. So he's on an eight-game point streak as well. So he's got nine goals and six assists in that span. And he's sitting with 41 and 34 on a terrible Philadelphia team. Obviously, Torts really likes him. He's putting him in important plays, and he's playing a lot of games. And that's boy. Great. So Nisa, yeah, absolutely, yeah. He's an awesome trade target right now because I think at some point another team picks him up. Philadelphia is not going anywhere. So that only means, well, sorry, I shouldn't say it only means. It means something, a, a fresh start for Kwinecki on a more competitive team. That may affect his overall points, though. He's going to be leaned on more heavily on a team that doesn't have a whole lot of skill, like Philadelphia. Whereas if he goes to a team that he needs to sort of balance out a, a second line or even a first, if, if you want to put him on the first, there's a chance he could get on that second line and not have as many points, but really just balance out a line. So it depends on where he goes, but he still holds a lot of value. Um, definitely worthy of a trade or a pickup if he's somehow available. I think he is available in our league. He is. Um, so he is, yeah. So that's a, that's a player that definitely is going to get picked up at our midseason. Come on, other trade. Uh, so <laughs> Jack Hughes is my other is my final beauty. Uh, he's having his best season yet and will surely pass his personal best of 56 from last year. He's another one with a great streak, sitting at eight goals and two assists the last five games. It's retarded. With 49 points in 40 games. I'm not supposed to say that word. I'm going to have to take that out. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. Oh, I know. <laughs> 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 that's good oh let me start over jack hughes he's having his best season yet and will surely pass his personal best of 56 from last year he's another one of the great streaks with eight goals and two assists in the last five games with 49 points in 40 games this year he's a plus 14 uh what <laughs> he's a big reason for any success on this on this devil's team i hope to have uh, or would hope to have this year. Um, they've been in a bit of a slump lately, but I think everything will be fine. So Jack Hughes, absolutely the guy you want to pick up right now. I mean, it's in honestly in New Jersey too. It's an exciting team. Another one of those young teams that are just all of a sudden things are really starting to click well together. So absolutely worthy of a pickup. Uh, Big Bar and Steel, another one. As for Jack, um, as for Jack Hughes, he's killing my Rangers. That's all I'm saying. Oh, He's killing my Rangers, right. killing yeah. Shesterkin. I just can't stand it. Rangers definitely don't like him. Okay, so listen. So this is the trade, the first one. The second one still doesn't come in. Maybe it'll come in while I'm talking about the first trade. So do you want to hear what I got or what I gave up? Let's hear. And okay. to who? Well, I'm going to I'm gonna figure that out pretty quick. So let's hear who, who you got okay. and who oh. I'm going to have to deal with. No, stop it. I'm going to give up who I gave. I'm not going to tell you who I gave it up to yet. So okay. I gave up Giroux, Gosses Bear, and Saros. Oh my God. Saros. I know. That hurts. Oh it really, I've had him forever. And I believe I got him from you. Did I not? Yes. Er, yes. Early, 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 early. I can even tell you what that trade career. was. I can even tell you what that trade was. Are Nick, you serious? Go ahead. Nick Ehlers and UC Saros for, for Jake Gensel when he was injured a couple of years back. Oh my God. That's so weird. It's so weird to think we I both, even... We both oh, okay. did all right That's, there. Yeah. We both did all right, big time. Yeah, we did. We did. Uh, but I'm not done. I also got a first-round mid-season 23-24 swap. 
a first round midseason 24-25 swap, a first round entry 24-25 swap. Whoa, whoa, hold on. First round entry. (laughs) Didn't matter. No, no, but you'll see it eventually. No, but there could be there could be a problem with the first thing that you said though. First round midseason 23-24 swap. Okay, hold on a second. Now, when you say swap, you're swapping your own pick. Yeah, because you don't own your own pick. Sorry, it's well. So yeah, so it would be between the two players, or sorry, the two teams, because the other team that had like it's between. Well, so if it's you, then oh, that's a good point. Actually, that's true. No, because what I'm saying here is, if you're saying that there's a, if you're saying there's a swap pick in the first round of the midseason, you don't own your first. No, no, no. Well, not this year. Oh, so 20, oh, 23, 24, 23, my 24. bad, my bad, yeah. sorry, guys, sorry, yeah. <laughs> sorry, it's okay. oh my God, I'm pulling it back in, pulling it back in, pulling back in, okay, <laughs> you are, but for other reasons, not for this, <laughs> all right, I'm going to start over now, okay, way to go, I got to start right. over now, start so, over, okay, so I, I give up Giroux, yes, Gosses, Bear, Saros, okay, first round mid-season 23-24, which okay. is next year. First round midseason 24-25 swap. First round mid- entry 24-25 swap. First round entry 25-26 swap. A six round entry. Again, these are things I'm giving up. First round midseason 25-26 swap. First round entry 26-27 swap. Eighth round entry 26-27. Okay. And a first round midseason 26-27 swap. Just, so these just are... do me a favor. I know you have this on text through your phone. I need you to send it to me because that was way too <laughs> much, will. dude. Now, Actually, that was an email. That was an email. Okay. Now, do me a favor. I need you to go over. Yeah. I need you to go over the picks really quickly again. So starting with the first round midseason. 23-24 swap. In... Okay. Hold on a second. Before you go any further. As it stands right now, okay, I'm guessing that the trade is with the Demons. Nope. Okay. Because right now in the 23-24 midseason, first round, the Demons have the Brigands via the Royals. So if I'm reading this correctly, unless there's something I don't know about this trade yet, you do not own your first round midseason in 2324 tom does okay so so we're back at that so i'm going to tell you who it's with okay it's with joel okay so i have to assume joel's done enough to know what's going on but it's very possible you're a mistake so that's something he's gonna have to figure out <laughs> because <laughs> i if he's the one who made the offer okay so oh so, if it's, okay so, but but you're the one that's but sending- listen sorry the that's it, right. It's a swap, right? It's and whatever the swap is, he gets the later pick between myself and himself. So if my pick belongs to somebody else, that's fine. Because okay. he still get he'll still get the, he'll still get the later pick. Wherever I land, although it's true, it's not mine. Yeah, I don't know. He's gonna have to figure that out <laughs> again. He made the offer, so if if he's if you're telling me now that I don't actually even own that pick, well, oh, no, sorry, Joel, and. <laughs> And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to kind of go over it with you so that that first that first piece, you do not yeah. own own that pick. What's the second piece though? That second pick. First round midseason 24-25 swap. Okay, so hold on a second. 24-25 midseason? 
you, uh, you yes you do own your own pick so that swap can happen what's the next pick uh entry 24 25 swap i he gets the middle pick between Bergrand's apocalypse and royals i do have that pick uh which round first round entry 20 uh where's first round entry 24 25 swap yeah i get the middle pick uh, between uh, Bergrand's apocalypse and royals yeah apocalypse get earliest pick between the apocalypse and royals royals get latest okay okay so basically so you're gonna get your am i reading this correctly you would end up getting the better of the two picks between the apocalypse and the royals or joel, joel would okay 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 fair enough so that yeah. that works out like the, everything's available there what's the next one uh what would you what did we just do first round entry 24 25 so yeah Next one is first round entry 25 26. Okay, hold on. First round. Yep. 25 26 entry draft. You have everything. And so there's nobody's made a trade of a first round pick yet in 25 26. So that that is fine. If there's a swap or whatever, you both have your picks. That's it, then it's a straight up sixth round entry 25 26. Uh, that you give him or that you're getting? He's getting. I haven't told you what I'm getting yet. Oh, no, no. Okay, so he, he would be getting your sixth round in 25-26. Yes. That's not a problem Correct. either. So as it stands right now, the only issue you have is in 23-24, that midseason. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So then after that, it's first round midseason 25-26. There's a lot of picks. It's going to take a while. <laughs> so, and now this is what you're getting back? I, I'm getting, and I'm getting, this is what he's getting. I'm getting more in return. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm getting about five more picks on top of this. Well, sorry, they're swaps. And then, and I'm getting uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight up picks. Oh, okay. You're going to be sending this Plus to me. Plus the swaps. You're going to send this to me through text or, or, or email. Yeah. But what, okay, so rhyme down. Do you feel like rhyming down what you're getting? I uh, it'll be quick. We're not gonna we're not gonna dissect this one. We're gonna assume Joel knows what he's doing, oh, other than that one little mistake. Bastard. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, uh, I'm gonna wait till you come back. Here you come. Da, 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 Don't you da, da, leave this friggin' Zoom no. call, you son of a bitch. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. No, no, no. Yeah, okay. Good, okay. All right. All right. So, so now, wait, what you're me... getting? What you're getting? Okay, and I'm just gonna run through this. We're gonna assume Joel knows what he's doing uh, in terms of picks, and this time we're not gonna okay. dissect this one. But this is what okay. I'm getting. Um, I'll go over the picks first. First, first round midseason 22-23. Second round midseason 22-23. First round midseason 23-24 swap. The second round midseason, uh, sorry, first round midseason 23-24 swap. I get the earliest pick between the Brigands and the Apocalypse. Mm -hmm. Then I get the second round midseason 23-24. And I get a first round entry 24-25 swap. I get the earliest between myself, Apocalypse, and Royals. Uh, third round entry 24-25. First round midseason 24-25 swap. And I get the earliest between myself and the Apocalypse. Second round midseason, the okay. Royals, 24-25. First round entry 25-26 swap. I get the later pick between the Brigands and the Apocalypse. First round midseason 25-26 swap. I get the earliest pick between myself and my brother. Fourth round entry 25-26. First round entry 26-27. I get the earliest between myself and my brother. Sixth round entry 26-27. First round midseason 26-27 swap. I get the earliest between myself and my brother. And my choice between Anderson and Kumper, I chose Kumper. And Zabanajad and Verana. 
That's the trade. That's a lot of pieces. I opened this up this afternoon. My brother sends me this. After I put out that trading block, everyone's available. I get four or five texts. Tom, my dad, you. <laughs> um, Tom was just more to just shoot the shit. Um, anyways, everyone wants a piece. Scott, everyone's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Are oh you my blowing God, up? the what trade's up. He put the trade up. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So now you can oh, see it for yourself. Guy. <clears throat> so what I love about this trade is, and I want to talk a Holy little bit Holy shit, guy. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> listen, listen, asshole. Hey, remember, Dude. the pick swaps could end up being absolutely nothing because my brother's got the better team, right? So I'm most likely going to get the earliest pick on all of these, which means nothing is swapped. So that's, 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 it looks like a lot, but it could actually only be the only important pieces, which is still very impressive, are oh, the uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guaranteed entry rounds. The rest are all swaps that if I end up above my brother in the pick standings, then, I, then nothing happens. Nothing changes except for the one. He'll end up with a first round entry in 25-26. Oh, so, my God. Yeah, it's an impressive... Joel really put together something special and unique in this. Now, what I love about this trade, holy man, I got an opportunity to pick up a lot of missing picks, which really solves a massive problem for myself. As you know, I've got like no picks like before this trade, I went through it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I between this year and twenty-seven, twenty-eight, I had lost twelve picks. With this trade alone, I picked up seven. I picked up more than half, so I'm good. And Zibanejad, Kemper, I, and Verana. You know what? I'm so into our hockey pool. If you can hear this, Marty. <laughs> I'm so into our hockey pool. I'm looking at this on the website right it's now. Such a and it's such I'm a special kind of trade. Now. I've never this seen anything like this. I have to, nuts. and I do. There's a part of me that feels that this is potentially a a trade that's more in my favor than in Joel's. I have to believe that Joel looked at what he does. He looks at overall games and matchups, and he's playing matchup with this. And he was thinking, okay, I need. These players to cover the, the the losses on certain matchups with a, against certain opponents, and and that's where he was going with this. I have to assume that's what's happening, because I do feel that because Zabanajad is completely protect worthy, uh, Kumper is absolutely protect worthy, especially on a team like mine, where again I take in players who are you know thirty and above and are still great, still relevant, but you know inconsistent at best which is basically my entire team is inconsistent so i picked up a couple of other players that are consistent um just like that however i do think that there's a place for this trade for my brother in that Giroux picks up games in ottawa that he couldn't touch uh Gosses bear picks up games in arizona that he obviously there's not there's three players in arizona to pick from and Gosses bear is one of them and he's on defense and my brother's got a bit of a hole on defense so that's a smart pickup for him. And Saros, obviously, very keepable player. Nashville Games gets to pick up. These are three teams that he didn't have on his team. I have to assume that's the main push on this. The picks, they're added bonuses. He was very creative with those. You'd have to talk to him about that. But this is great for me and great for him. 
I do think it's a little bit better for me than it is for him. But I think the reason why he does this trade for his, from his perspective is that it keeps him, it puts him where he needs to be to, to win this year. I think, and I'm not saying he's going to, I think in his mind, that's where he is. And that's why he pulls the trigger on this deal. That's why he puts out the offer. Um, so yeah, for me, very happy with Zabanajad Kumper. And if Verona can actually get back in the lineup, that could be a, a sneaky steal for me, for myself as well, because he's young. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, going over it really quickly, uh, like, like you said, I mean, the picks, there's a lot of kind of just like swaps and, you know, there's a lot of these picks that base, you know, once this is all said and done in like 27, 28, um, I mean, basically you could probably cross out some of these and they probably wouldn't have even come to fruition, so to speak. But listen, I mean, your brother had a need in net, uh, in particular, um, yes, he gives up Kemper, but I mean, let's face it. Saros is probably, uh, you know, a more reliable option, at least, you know, in regards to uh, production. Now, having said that, I bet you, I, I do believe that Kemper was having a decent season here as well. So, but you know what, like, like you mentioned, uh, and like you said, it basically helps out both teams. You really start to fill in some holes that you may have had throughout, uh, your draft picks over the next few years. Joel, like I said, you know, figures out his goaltending a little bit. If he can get some injury, uh, some injury injured people back, like I know Anderson's looking to come back here soon enough. Um, so yeah. if he can kind of get a little bit of that going as well. And at the end of the day, he does, like you said, he does get Giroux. Um, and there was yeah. Giroux, Saros, and there Gossespierre. was Gossespierre. Gossespier. Sorry. So, yeah. you know, three oh, pieces, three pieces that he can use for sure. And like you, and again, like you mentioned, he is, he does have a little bit of an injury uh, issue on D. So uh, he can take care of yeah. that problem now too. So uh, good trade. Yeah. Uh, it's friggin' massive when you look at it on the website, <laughs> but Hey, yeah. it's uh it's our league. We love it. And we will continue. To yeah, love it. absolutely. So thanks for that, Joel. Uh, always nice doing business with you. I, my second trade has not come in yet. Uh, it may not be enough. We'll see. I just threw uh, another piece out. We'll see. We'll see if, if anything comes from it. Hopefully before the end of tonight, I do have another announcement. This would be the trade that I fall in love with if I'm able to get this. Okay. This would be a deal break. This and, would be a big deal for me. And you will not let me know one way or the other, even if we're off the show. No, no. I even if it doesn't go through, I'm just gonna say it didn't. Win, it didn't go through. Uh, I'm not telling you anything. You bastard. <laughs> you bastard. I don't know. Buy me something pretty. Maybe I'll change my mind. <laughs> Could always check it out. You know? Those socks. Remember we talked about socks last oh, week? Oh, dude, I got yeah. you. I got, I got you taken care of for socks. Don't worry about that, bud. I'm on top of that. I'm on top okay. of the sock game. Don't worry about it. I don't see them. I don't see them. Hey, hey, patience is a virtue. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I'm sorry. Is don't it? Get upset. Is that it for this week? Are we done already? That is it for this week. That was, yeah, an hour and 40 minutes later. Yes, we are done already. Hey, that's pretty good for us. We knocked off 30 minutes. Maybe. We did. We did. Thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you're interested in reaching out to us, you can email us at twoguysaleague and some guests at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes at anchor.fm slash or you can follow us on Twitter, where you can find all of our info. Our handle is at Tugalag. That's the number two, followed by G-A-L-A-G. Don't forget to like, follow, and share. Thanks for listening, and until next time.